Hello, you're listening to Notes. Today is a little bit of a special episode, and, and a good way for me to tell you about the direction that I'm going to take this show in a very short amount of time, so hang in there. Um, today, I'm going to read notes from my phone, and there's a couple reasons for that. Some of them have to do with my upbringing, and one of them has to do with with, with the new direction of the show. <laughs> and, and you'll need a lot more time to hear the one about my upbringing, so I'm just going to do the one that's present tense. Um, <laughs> um, um, I have a lot of really great interviews coming up, and I'm really excited to share them with you. The reason that they're not coming out right now is because I want to give more time to the editing process to really let them sink in because I did three episodes this week and I was thinking like, oh, maybe I could just rush one out. But um, I think the quality of the interviews was so good and that that I really need to respect uh, I need to respect that and give them the time to grow. So that's what I'm going to do. So this one is just me reading notes and um, they were recorded very late at night and don't judge me <laughs> but if you do judge me make sure it is in the form of uh, a like and a subscribe <laughs> if you have that option on your podcasting platform um, also a rating rate the podcast on on apple podcasts because that really helps me a lot and it and um, i would really appreciate it and if you tell me that you did it dm me and I will send you a birthday card. Not a joke. I don't joke around here on notes. <laughs> um, oh, jeez. Getting light headed here. But yeah, enjoy the episode. And next week, we're back to our regular content. I hope that. I guess I'm going to say season three? Because it's going to be some bangers. It's going to be metal. It's gonna be metal. <laughs> Enjoy. Number one, April 15th, 2020, at 5.39 a.m. My sleeping mask was on my key hook when I woke up at 5 a.m., and I'm certain I put it on to go to bed. Am I getting up in my sleep? Am I sleepwalking? Is this why I'm so tired all the time? I've been sleeping lately with a sleep mask because I just haven't been sleeping well. And it has changed my life. I mean, it's so, I get so much deep, so much deeper sleep. I feel so much, uh, I feel rested, more rested. And the main problem is, is that it won't stay on my freaking face. I, I can't get a freaking face mask or, or, or a sleeping mask to stay on my face. I've had, I've bought at least, I mean, this is not a joke. I've bought like six of them. And then one day I wake up and my sleeping mask is on the key hook, even though, well, 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 let me back up. I go to bed that night with a sleeping mask on. It's the new one that stays on most of the time. I wake up and my sleeping mask was on my key hook. And then it something just popped. Like I had a sudden epiphany where I'm thinking, am I getting up in my sleep and taking off my sleeping mask and then still 
you know, in some kind of altered state, putting it on my key ring, it really freaked me out. It really freaked me out. Number two, January 28th, 2020, at 9.38 p.m. What the hell are they doing to almonds to get milk out of them? There's so many different types of milk. It's absurd. Have you ever been to the supermarket lately? Just look at how many different freaking types of milk there are in this world. And now there's a section in the in the supermarket where they have all this milk that's not even refrigerated and it's made out of oats and almonds and seeds and shit. And what the hell? Where did all these milks come from? <laughs> Number three, March 1st, 2020, 9.18 p.m. Game of Thrones teaches honor. Ned Stock, no. Ned Stark and capturing Tyrion, Ben Carson and buying a desk, Trump and giving his wife a copywritten speech. I, I, I think a lot about Game of Thrones. I've seen the show maybe three times through. And as a preface to all of this, I, as a preface to all of this, I have problems with the show. Uh, you know, there's... Putting the last season aside and all that drama, whatever, um, there there are undeniable problems of representation and uh, just absolutely irresponsible depictions of feminism in that in that show. And I, I I'll, I'll go super hard and <laughs> like talking about that with anybody, but that's not really the uh, the point of this note. Um, I wanted to write more about this show because because of the last season and the direction that they went after about season five or six where I think they started to appeal more to the Marvel Avengers base rather than the fans who were already there. And I, I love the Avengers. I love Marvel. But that's not what Game of Thrones was. And I was disappointed to see that that the show creators and the writers and the direction that they wanted to take with the show was that action is rad, violence is rad, and um, betrayals are amazing. You know, betrayals are the show. Uh, the show is a soap opera. It's a it's an action story. It's not what it started out as. And so I was disappointed with that, and it made me want to talk more about the things that I love about that show and the the st there there are a handful of life life lessons that I think I pulled away from that show as silly as it may sound and this is one of them so this one it was about loyalty but specifically loyalty to your spouse and so in the show what happens is um there's these two characters they're married they're Ned and Catelyn Stark and you don't know at the beginning of the show, but they're pretty much the only relationship that I can think of in that show that that ha that was healthy. That both people, both parties, listen to each other. Even though there's there's a, you know, even though Ned Stark is clearly the one in charge, um, there's still that traditional uh, male and female relationship. Um, 
there's still a lot, a lot of listening and, and going on in that relationship. So anyway, so um, uh, at one point, his wife, Catelyn, kidnaps someone without telling her husband, Ned. And when Ned is confronted about this, he takes full responsibility. He says, Catelyn didn't do anything I didn't tell her to do. And in the moment that he's confronted, it's a life or death situation, right? It leads to a, a fight that could have ended in his death. And that was so freaking cool, right? It, it, it happens in the, in the first season of the show. And you don't really realize at that point how rare that man is in that world. And how rare it is that two people are looking out for each other in that way. And um, it was such a brilliant way to make you... Everybody wants people to be nice, right? Um, I feel like generally in your life. But it was such a brilliant way to really make you miss it for the rest of the the rest of the series <clears throat> and then it was also a great way to tell you who ned was and who catelyn was and who the family of the starks um, were what their values were so i was thinking about ways that that plays in real life and and there was a hilarious example in the 2016 election um where ben carson he's he's in the primaries and Ben Carson, I, I don't know, I mean, I feel like we all forget this because, oh my God, these four last four years, but um, Ben Carson and Donald Trump were the front runners at the beginning of the primaries. And there was a lot of attention on him. And, and he got caught up in this little snafu where um, it was found out that um, someone had bought or he had bought thirty thousand dollars or something worth of office um furniture so like a desk and a dresser and chairs and whatever just to furnish his uh office and he didn't deny it right he he said it happened but then he blamed his wife he was like oh my i put my wife in charge of that and she you know whatever blah 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 look man even if your wife really did that you got to take the fall. Uh, if you're going to be an elementary school teacher and you did that, I would think less of you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I wouldn't let you. I, I, I would. Anyway. You're running for the president and you throw your wife under the bus. That's so crazy. That's so that's so messed up. He's such a buster. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't throw your wife under the bus so you look good. You look worse. And um, I don't think... Uh, um, so that was one example. And then uh, the second one happened later in the same election. Same thing between a husband and wife. And, well, whatever, whatever you think of their relationship. Um, but Donald Trump and Melania Trump. Melania Trump, I think, is speaking at the RNC, the Republican National Convention, I'm pretty sure. And she gave a speech that was word for word Michelle Obama's speech from, I don't know, four years ago. And 
look, man. The Republican national, I mean, these people who are running for president, nothing that they do is off the cuff, right? Nothing that they do is, um, is last minute, right? There's nobody in the Trump campaign one day is like, oh, shit, my speech. Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. I got to look up good speeches. Um, uh, what about the one that was exactly four years ago that everybody will remember and is very easily accessible? How about that one? Right? It's so obviously an intentional uh, publicity stunt. The more you could get someone talking about yourself and less about your opponent, good or bad, um, criticism or not, is good for you because the less opportunity the other person will have to make their message or whatever. At least that's what I think. If I was running for president or if I was in charge of a PR campaign, I mean, that seems like a good idea to me. <laughs> um, uh, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. But here's, here's, here's the problem is that, again, you're running for president. You want attention. You're a leader. And you're okay with making your wife look stupid in front of the entire country? You're okay with embarrassing her like that? First of all, who the hell remembers Michelle Obama's speech from four years ago? Who the hell? If, they ha if you handed me that speech and told me to go out and give it, I would do it. You know why? Because I don't remember what Michelle Obama's speech was from four years ago. <laughs> you know, I just don't think. I don't think she knew. Right. If she did, man, that is some selflessness. Uh, that is just a whole new level of not caring about what other people think of you. I mean, that is that's crazy. But I don't think she knew. And I think that her PR campaign uh, really threw her under the bus just for publicity. And I don't know what Trump did. But the fact that there was no public statement by him saying, you know what, I fired every single goddamn person that did that to my wife. I mean, that speaks a lot to, about his character, in my opinion. I mean, wow, hot take, right? Hot take of me to say something about uh, critical of Donald Trump. But anyway, so, uh, and those are things that I would have never learned if I hadn't watched Game of Thrones. Number four, March 1st, 2020, at 3.37 p.m. Feeling very happy today. Not sure what to do with it. It feels weird. It feels like I'm getting away with something. I realize I don't have a lot of, uh, like, joyful days. A lot of days are just kind of meh. And not in a, not in like a self-pitying way, you know, not in like a depression way. There are just a lot of days, especially work days, that are just okay. And um, I just moved to New York in October, 
So good timing on my part because it is May 2020. Smack dab in the middle of the, you know, the 2020 thing. It's freaking snowy out. Um, okay, what was I saying about feeling, <laughs> not feeling joyful? Um, besides what this year has been, um, I realized I, I don't really feel a lot of overwhelmingly happy days. And when, when I do feel them, lately I've been doing my best to remember like cherish it you know to really sink my teeth into it and to do something good with that day number five april 16th 2020 at 6 19 p.m a.m imagine a whale the size of a whale that stands up on its webbed feet like a penguin i really want to write about whales Well, I really want to write about this particular whale, and it's a whale that, um, it's just a regular size whale. I imagine it like a blue, like a blue whale. They're the biggest whales and the biggest mammals, um, in in the world. And I imagine that instead of that, it can swim and it could do all that stuff, but it was born with feet, and sometimes it just walks out of the ocean. And I really love the image of. Imagine you're standing on the shore of a beach and, you know, and, you know, the waves are coming at you. You got your feet, toes, you got your toes in there and then you like, (laughs) you stick your hand in the, in the sand that's like kind of wet, kind of not. And then you draw a little heart and then you put both of your feet in it and then you take a picture and then you put it on Instagram and then everybody says, wow, that's so genius. Oh my God, she's having such a good, I mean, he or she, (laughs) sorry, uh, is having such a good day. Oh boy, did I just reveal something about myself? Anyway, um, (laughs) uh, sorry, I, I take it back. I take it back. I, I read the second sex. Please don't yell at me. Um, (laughs) um, but it's a whale. I like to imagine this image of a whale, um, uh, walking out of the ocean while you're looking at the ocean and you're just seeing this thing get taller and taller and taller and it kind of comes out of the water like uh like like uh, t2 in terminator 2 you know like like he's it's this this man if you haven't seen it he's he's basically like a giant he's like a man-sized puddle of mercury and he just slowly rises out of this mercury and then you know that that's the whale that's like and um, I don't know what he wants or anything, but but I just like that image. Number six, March eighth, twenty twenty, at two nineteen p.m. Quote: I love it. Unquote. Lil Pump and Kanye. The song's so stupid, it's profound. You're such a fucking hoe. I love it. And your boyfriend is a dork. How many times have we heard this exact trope in music, but told in flaccid, anxious language like, I love you more than him, or I can treat you better? There's a great tension between the narrator voice who condemns fake orgasm 
and demanding to come to the men in the video who are tiny, small, and wide, subservient to the big woman who demands orgasm. And it's a beautiful sub-dom relationship to the woman who knows what she wants. I'm so sick of those songs, dude. There's all these all these songs by male pop artists especially that write these lyrics about how, you know, I'm so much better than your boyfriend or what do you see in all those other men or, you know, I could treat you right, I'll treat you well. You know, I hate them because it's so needy and so desperate and so unhealthy and just not romantic at all. You know, there's nothing sexy about it. There's nothing sexy about someone pretending that they know you (laughs) and pretending and imagining themselves as a better match for you, even though they don't know who you are. Yeah, I mean, just like, there are two things that I want to say, and then one one is going to make me seem basic and um, cliche, and then the next thing is uh, a thought that I think I've had for myself. <laughs> but the first thing is, like, shallow love or shallow relationships. I, I mean, we got we to gotta stop with this. We got to stop with the uh, praising of these lyrics that are so vapid. And, and just a misrepresentation of, like, what a serious res- uh, relationship is. You know, I think in American movies, well, yeah, in American movies, there's so many romantic movies that end in a marriage, right? That end with the wedding day. And you could, like, I'm, I'm sure you could imagine it as I'm imagining it now. You're in the third act. You save the day. You got to the gig, whatever you, whatever you had to do in this movie, you overcame it, and now you are dancing at the wedding, and then you know the the sun is really nice on the horizon, and then fade out to black, credits roll, Michael Bay, you know, and there's so many movies that end with that, but that's the beginning of the story, right? That's I mean, it's a happily ever after, but like people don't that relationship let's let's visit that relationship four years later after the alien invasion after will smith saves the day he gets married at the end of independence day he doesn't he doesn't but let's say he did he gets married at the end of independence day four years later it doesn't matter how many aliens he shot out of the sky it doesn't matter where he uploaded that virus and saved the world four years later they're gonna have a fight and it's gonna be about where they put their shoes in the living room you know what i'm seeing like 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 that's just how people are and um i think that's that story is so much more interesting and ending on a ending on a marriage is kind of like it's just it's just a cliffhanger you know it's just a cliffhanger and and not to mention that those types of action movies um there's often no substance to their relationship, right? It's hot guy, hot girl, and hot guy saves the hot girl. And they said a funny thing in the first act of the movie to each other. So you know that they have a similar sense of humor or something. Um, but that's pretty much it. So you don't really know, like, these people aren't going to last 
there's no way. They just went through something super traumatic, and that's what's going to keep them together for a little while until, you know, they start to grow. Uh, anyway, so there are a lot of songs like that. That they're all third act of the movie. Let's have a dance at the part at the thing. And what I love about it, what I love about this song, <laughs> so I love it with Kanye and Lil Pump. There's uh, they take away all that facade, you know. And if you just want to have sex, or if you just want to like be in the honeymoon phase of a relationship, there's no point in treating it as something more profound than it is right like i think like being physically close to somebody and engaging in like that 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 reptile brain uh you know dancing and sex and stuff that's profound enough you don't need to like pretend (coughs) you don't need to pretend that that's love you know what i mean you don't need to pretend that that is deep connection it's already good it's already something that's worthy of respect you're a fucking hoe i love it and we're not judging each other thanks for that thanks for listening to notes i'm carlos jimenez if you like the show please follow me on instagram at carlos can't dance on twitter at gosh dang carlos i have like five twitter followers (laughs) because it's brand new that's carlos can't dance on instagram and gosh dang carlos on twitter for updates on the show once again a brand new season is coming up with some great 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 interviews and i'm so excited to share them with you and continue with the show um i know i have an announcement but i forgot oh um like subscribe follow Rate the show on Apple Podcasts, five stars, and write a review. Write a review with words. Send me a poem. Yo, write a review and put your notes in the review. I'm a fucking marketing genius. Hire me, Apple. (sighs) Yeah, write your notes in the review. And uh, maybe I'll read them on the show. The ideas keep getting better. Woo! Just had that while I was recording. All right. Really feeling myself. This is a good day. Okay. Bye-bye. See you next week.